Welcome to Hate Change, the podcast where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. My name is Anne Therese, and I'm so excited to have you here on this journey with me. So now, let's get ready to embrace some change. Welcome back to Hey Change, and welcome to a very special episode. Today we're talking to one of the most inspiring women I know, Marcy Seraf, who is not only a mentor and role model to me, but a beautiful gift to the whole world. Marcy coined and trademarked the term eco-fashion in 1995, and has since then been a pioneer in the world of ecology and fashion. She has the brain behind many amazing companies like the School of Integrated Nutrition, Medivare Organics, Beyond Brands, and Good Catch Foods. And on top of it all, she also just released a book. Marcy has become a dear friend of mine, and I've been dying to have her as a guest on Hey Change. I can't tell you enough how excited I am to finally make that happen. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, dogs and cows, I'm honored to introduce to you the one and only Marcy Seraph. All right, guys, welcome back to Hey Change, and welcome finally to Marcy Seraph. I'm so honored to have you here on my show. It's a real honor to be here, considering I've been watching your journey since I think you got here. I, know. <laughs> I actually just told her that in my intro episode in March 2017, I mentioned that I wanted Marcy to come on my show one day, so I think we're finally episode the 50 or something. Here, <laughs> here we go, Yay. sitting on the floor in San Francisco. I feel a little bit bad because I'm forcing her to sit down even though she just <laughs> hurt herself, but um, it's all everything good. for the good podcast, right? Well, they say what doesn't kill you makes you smarter and stronger, right? Oh, love that. that. <laughs> Spoken from a true um, power entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. <laughs> well, so just a quick intro to who she is. Um, to me, I would say, because she's a lot to the world, but to me, she's um, a role model. She's someone I met at a panel in Brooklyn a few years ago. And I was so happy because she actually grabbed me afterwards and said, hey, we need to talk. And then we had a lunch and we just shared so many values. And at that point, I shared with her that I wanted to start an ethical modeling agency. And all she said was do it. And um, I think that's a great idea. And so she was actually the start of role models because she put me in touch with my business partner. And we've been working some with one of her companies and through my agency. So I feel honored to have her in my life and to just see all the amazing work she's doing. And I can't believe she just wrote a book. Like, how did she do that? Um, but just do you want to quickly give the audience an elevator pitch of who Marcy Seraph is? How would you, you know, put yourself in <laughs> the, cl- the cliff note version? Yeah. Um, well, I call myself an eco lifestyle pioneer because I've spent the past almost 30 years um building businesses that are based on, you know, people, planet, profit, passion, and purpose um, across food, beauty, and fashion. So those companies include co-founding the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, founding uh, the first sustainable fashion and home brand called Under the Canopy, starting the first sustainable fashion manufacturer called Metaware, and right now kind of in the trenches uh, building the first plant-based seafood brand as an extension of our consulting agency called Beyond Brands. So never a dull moment and lots of businesses that are brewing and and birthing. And along the way, I also serve on a number of boards, the Organic Trade Association, the Textile Exchange, Fashion Revolution, and then the Cradle Cradle Institute's Fashion Positive. Aren't you behind like 
used the organic and all that. Yeah. So, well, the the Organic Trade Association has 9,500 members that are in the business world of organic, from farmers all the way through to retailers. So we do a lot of the policy work, and we're in the trenches working with the, um, whether it's the USDA's National Organic Program people, or it's even lobbying in the White House or, or in Congress on organic policy, and then ultimately connecting the dots into business, and then all the way through to the consumer with being a spokesperson for the organic industry in, in many respects. And being on the board with a lot of the food people keeps the dots connected, which is mm-hmm. kind of the, one of the premises of the book. So I feel like you're the spider in a web. It just keeps a lot of things pieced together. And how would I describe you? Eco-warrior is definitely a word. I think eco-pioneer is another mm-hmm. one. You've been around since long before this was hip or cool. That's right. And trendy. <laughs> so I know you told me some about it, but, mm. you know, there have been times where it wasn't as easy. No. it. Uh, they say, what, a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, which is Lao Tzu's quote. But um, this has definitely been a journey when I started eating organic food and and being sort of in the trenches of building the movement for conscious and natural products, you know, there was a tremendous amount of resistance. So um, most of the time I was met with naysayers, you know, looking at me like I was insane if I said organic food or I said eco-fashion. And when was this? Um, so this would be... So in the early 90s, so I started the school out of my apartment in 1990. Um, in 1995 is when I coined the term eco-fashion and trademarked it and was the only, if you, you know, went online, which was still a new concept, even that, the internet, if you Googled, you know, eco-fashion, I was the only pers- thing that came up. And wow. now it's this ubiquitous term, which, Everyone's like, eco-fashion is the new thing. Which gets me very excited. And of course, Institute for Integrative Nutrition has now certified over 75,000 people as health coaches. So knowing that started out of my apartment um, gives me tremendous joy of the ripple effect that that's had. But it wasn't always easy. And in the very early years, you know, a lot of people came to the school and the program really because they were healing something and they were told, you know, that that was it. That was their destiny, you know, whether it was allergies and asthma or it was cancer or it was heart disease or whatever it was. Mm. And people didn't get that we have a responsibility and we also have an opportunity by once we understand that what we put in on around our bodies actually can make a difference in our state of health and well-being. Um, but in the earlier years, people didn't get that. So there was a lot of that alternative, you know, hippy-dippy, new-agey, crunchy-frumpy, boxy-beige, boring, hemp, be, you know, potato sack, uh, tasteless, all those, you know, <laughs> all those words that went with the movement. And really my journey has been much about bridging worlds. So bridging the tribe in the boardroom or the tree hugger and the fashionista and demonstrating that you don't have to give something up that, it, you know, breaking all those stigmas that you have to give up style, taste, quality, comfort, you know, hand, um, scent, you know, all the things that you want in regular conventional products, um, you don't have to give that up. You get more, you get added value when you embrace a holistic, healthy, environmentally conscious lifestyle. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because of people like you, obviously, <laughs> that we have this movement going on now. Someone who took the first steps and who really believed in it, and maybe the only, the only thing they had to believe in was a gut feeling or an, right. and they're calling that this is something we need to move towards as a world yeah. and as a community and society. And this is probably a very broad question, but since you've been going through all of this, like what does change mean to you? Like what does that world have some meaning to your life? 
Um, well, you know, you hear the word progressive, right? I mean, progressive is really just about progress. And how do you define good progress? Just kind of like how do you define good business, right? Mm -hmm. Good business isn't just about profits. It's about looking at business holistically. What are the impacts to human health and our environment and ultimately our, our future and our children's futures, right? So... Um, and think people are waking up to that, of course, with B Corps. And I think the same thing, you know, with progress, right? It's, you know, making progress to me is about the evolution of, of humanity and our recognition and our um, ability to make that connection that we're part of nature. We're not outside of nature. We're not separate from nature. We have a symbiotic relationship with our environment. We breathe out carbon dioxide. The trees and plants breathe in the carbon dioxide. They breathe out the oxygen. We breathe in the oxygen. We coexist. We're interdependent with nature. We are part of it. So I think that awakening that, you know, my my new favorite word is woke, um, you know, and I think it's there is the light is going off within us in our guts that, you know, it's time to wake up, right? That that of that realization, but that didn't always exist. So changes ultimately is, you know, a movement towards um, really coming full circle in a, in a rebirth, which is what the book is about and what renaissance actually means, rebirth. I want to talk a lot more about the book soon, but mm, yeah. would you say it's our responsibility as humans to embrace change? Positive change. Positive, yeah. I would, I would, yes, that, that's an important um, preceding word because I think as long as we're moving in the right direction and you know I believe that once people drink the proverbial Kool-Aid of this movement they don't go backwards because you can't like start embracing and learn this mindset and learn about you know the um, what good can be done by by thinking differently and then being a part of a collective shift that's for the good of all right the greater good you can't like start going down that road and then all of a sudden wake up and go, no, no, I don't care anymore. You know, like I don't care that the environment pollutes. You might not, I mean that uh, industry pollutes our environment, right? Like you might not think about that at the beginning, but once you know it, you can't turn that information off, right? So once you know that the fashion industry is, you know, um, certainly one of uh, the leading causes of air and water pollution, they'll say it's, you know, second to coal, but in addition to that, the level of exploitation, you know, and slave labor and just horrific working conditions, as we learned from Rana Plaza, um, it's just business as usual is no longer acceptable. Yeah. So I think changes that, again, sort of embracing the fact that we need, that that's not okay and we need to change the systems, we need to redesign and we need to create a better world. You said that it's important that or it's a vital part that we know about it and then we want to seek out the truth. I think, unfortunately, most times, most people don't want to know the truth because they feel like, well, if I, once I know, it's hard to unknow and they don't want to feel bad about shopping or consuming or living their lives. How do you feel about that? Do you, from experience, I have my own experiences, but from your experience, how do you feel about actually knowing has added value and not taking away from your life? I think, you know, I I approach that very um, question in my book because my, my challenge was how do I activate the masses? I don't want to preach to the choir in my book. I mean, granted, there everybody's at a different place on the spectrum in terms of the level of consciousness awareness and even, you know, category-wise, there's so many different um, spokes in this wheel of change, right? So, you know, I think what advice I give to people is this isn't a go from point A to point Z overnight. Mm. This is um, a slow, one step at a time type of embracing. So if 
if all you do is eat meat one day a week less or, you know, stop getting plastic bags at your store. I mean, just one step at a time. Like it's every step in the right direction is a step towards positive change. So, you know, I, I try to be very non-judgmental and um, ex- inclusive, um, meet people where they are and take them down the rabbit hole, you mm-hmm. know, but um, but in a very user-friendly and make it fun and sexy and cool and just that's it, you yeah. know, like this isn't, it shouldn't be so scary and like, daunting and and like oh no those environmental activist people we all at the core of who we are want to do good want to love and be loved and want to live in a peaceful world where we can thrive right like who fundamentally doesn't want that Mm -hmm. you know so if we tap into that then um it doesn't feel so scary exactly and you live Mm. In the middle of Manhattan, <laughs> exactly, and I, you have a really cool life, and but you meditate, and you're in tune with yourself, and there's a balance. Like there's not one or the other, and I think just like retruthing that whole thing is like we don't have to give up and sacrifice life because mm-hmm. suddenly we care for the environment, and I think it's just like you said, start with one thing and then feel how that feels. Like oh, I, I can switch out one meal today and eat something that's plant-based and exactly it wasn't too bad what if i can continue and adding more and then finally what i think what i know most people is going to experience is that it actually is pretty amazing mm-hmm. when you start doing that because when you align with your true values which everyone wants to do good you start feeling more alive and everything mm-hmm. starts to make more sense yeah i mean why stop it looking good right when you can look good feel good mm-hmm. and do good in the world right why stop it the food tastes great why not take it to the next level where it's also healthy and nurturing you and providing you with the nutrients you need without harming you with chemicals and things in it that we don't even still know. I mean, we're still, you know, kind of a guinea pig generation, you know, as the industrial uh, revolution movement has just basically turned our food system into industry and people don't realize. And then you look around and you wonder why there's a proliferation of autism and cancer and, you know, asthma and allergies and it's not a coincidence, right? Like, so if you just stop to think about it and you're open, which is the starting point, you just have to be open-minded and say, okay, I'm not going to buy into everything you say and everything you hear and everything I read, but let me just see what resonates and trust your gut and ultimately do your best to connect your personal and your professional values too and live in a state of alignment because that will ultimately activate you to be able to manifest your own potential. And I feel also, even moving away from the food part and the health part, which is obviously so important, but I think society has taught us to, oh, you want to look good. This is how you want to be perceived in the world. And then we've forgotten about like the feel-good part which comes with helping out, being in a community, doing good. Because they say that the highest level of happiness is when you do something else for someone else. And you can feel that in you know buying something or looking a certain way. So I think... There's something to be said about the value that comes to your life when mm. you start li- living, just thinking about the world and being one with nature. And it's not just about, oh, I'm doing good. But like, no, you're actually going to feel amazing also. Mm-hmm. It's very empowering to, you know, in Buddhist philosophy, kind of one step away from enlightenment, you know, your Buddha nature is your Bodhisattva nature, which is that that service, right? So serving others is ultimately serving yourself. That's how you evolve because, you know, who doesn't feel good when they smile at someone and that person smiles back? Or when you, you know, help someone across the street or you hold their hand or you just, you, 
you ha- you get an, an energetic exchange, you know, when you do good for someone else. And so that's very selfish in a, in a way, but it's also, you know, you look at what Burning Man has created and it's a, a week of zero money exchange with 80,000 people coming together in the middle of the desert and the entire foundation of the experience is built on service. Everybody just serving each other in a community that ultimately has the values of leave no trace. So we create this incredible community and when it's over, you don't know it ever existed. Just to show the potential of humanity that we can operate in that kind of, you know, barter-based, you know, love-driven, shared vision. This is probably a very far-fetched question, but if you were to forecast the future, how do you think society is going to look like, let's say, 100 years from now? Well, I'm very optimistic because, um, you know, human consciousness is such that we're climbing a ladder, and um, the higher we get, the greater our perspective of the world we live in becomes. And we are, you hear, you know, oneness and unity and, you know, we are one. You know, you think of Humpty Dumpty falling down and, you know, breaking in a million pieces. But if you put all those pieces back together, it's one, you know, Humpty Dumpty, right? We're, we're kind of this one entity, this all interconnected energetic force, but we all are these little fractals that exist in the realm of this energy, right, all around us. So I think if we have that understanding that everything we do affects, has a law of attraction, has a cause and effect, and we start to wake up to that. I mean, some cultures, that's the underlying, that's their, you know, culture, right, Mm -hmm. is like karma. That's so so, so basic, right? Like, treat others the way you want to be treated because it will come back to you. Everything has an energetic effect to it. So I think, I believe that as more people, as the seed of consciousness um, starts to, spread because it's budding everywhere now and it will continue to um, grow. I mean, I look at, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I look at today, I pinch myself every day. I mean, even when I went to your event and I'm like, like smiling in the back of the room, listening to the passion of the millennial generation. And frankly, that's really because the internet has changed the game. Yeah, The internet has given people access to information that where you can pull the curtain back and you can say, what is in my food? Who's growing it? Where is it being grown? What's, you know, what's in it? And you can say the same thing about your fashion. Where's, where's it being made? Who, you know, who's making it? How's, how's it being made? And you can get the answers. And if you don't like what you see or hear, you can, you know, cause quite a bit of, uh, of yeah. <laughs> and, and if you like what you see, you know, my gosh, it's, it's, it's a new day and businesses are being forced um, to start thinking differently too because of that, right? Which, Thank God, because business is probably our greatest force for change, um, way bigger than government, because government just moves too slowly. So, you know, we need to now create um, a whole new model of business, which is what's happening, and more and more companies and more and more investors are waking up to impact investing, and it's just everything's moving so fast now, which is exciting. I'm glad you brought up businesses, because I wanted to talk about this, actually, because you have have had a lot of business, you still have, and, and you just said it, but why do you think businesses play such a big part in changing the world, per se? Well, because consumers vote with their dollars, Mm. right? So what you're voting for, if all of a sudden, you know, consumers start saying, I don't want GMOs anymore, I'm not going to buy them, and I only want to buy organic food, which, frankly, this isn't such a far-fetched 
concept because 83% of Americans are now buying organic food at least occasionally. And when I started, you know, people didn't even know, like, they were like, organic? What does that mean? You know, and my kids were born and raised this way, obviously, you know, because I've been doing this so long. And my son, um, who went to high school in New York, you know, he's in college now, but I remember when he came home from his first year and he said, oh my God, mom, it's so annoying. All my friends eat organic and none of them even know what it means. <laughs> and I was like, that's great, Mason. Doesn't matter. Should... They don't no, know what I was it like, means. it's okay. It. You know, and, yeah. and so, you know, I, I think, um, I think we're seeing um, this shift where that norm is becoming the alternative and the alternative is becoming the norm. I don't remember what the original question was, but I went off on the organic. No, that um, you believe in business. Yeah. So so you look at the reason that organic has taken off is – a few reasons. One is consumers are voting with their dollars and they're saying, I now that I know, I want to make better choices if I can. Mm-hmm. And I think the second thing is that businesses are saying and they're run by people. And those people are eating and living this lifestyle. They're having kids and they're like, wait, I don't feel good about doing the old, like the old ways and I want to be a part of purpose and I want to be a part of something I'm passionate about. And so I'm seeing a total proliferation of social entrepreneurs right now, unlike ever before, because everybody wants to create new systems because the old systems are breaking down and they're not working, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, at Beyond Brands, I mean, we have this just pipeline of young entrepreneurs who want to start organic beverages or, you know, plant-based, you know, food brands or um, beauty products that are completely eco or organic and fashion that's sustainable. And so, you know, whether it's in schools, um, business schools that are, you know, seeing sold out tracks of social entrepreneurship or fashion schools being sold out with sustainable fashion, I think the, um, the new, it's a new day for business. And I think business is going to be part of that, big part of that shift. It's going to be serving customers because customers ultimately, or consumers are ultimately <clears throat> asking for this now. And due to social media, because today and, there is and the so, much, yeah, yeah. so much transparency. Exactly. And people That's talk it. to each other. And if there's anyone who, like, business is going to go out of business if they don't care. That's right. So they're forced to be better. That's right. That's it's awesome. It's not even about staying ahead anymore. It's about not being left behind. I really actually believe, and I'm seeing it, if you're not thinking about sustainability and you're not thinking about, you know, better practices that are tr- fully transparent in your business, you're going to be out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no question. So we t- talked about that social media is really powerful, but you still decided to write a book. Which yeah. really it's like one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But please share, like, why do you want to write a book? I do a lot of public speaking and I've obviously been in the space for a long time, but there's only so many people I can reach through, you know, gatherings and conferences and um, and through media that I get. But I think a book has the ability to be a tool. So the hope is that, you know, all the people that approach me saying, gosh, you know, I really want to transform my company and, you know, there's a few of us that get it, but the rest of people just like, they just don't get it, you know? And it's like, I hear that so often and I'm like, and I also on the other side of it for so many years have been asked, you know, what do you do? What do you buy? Where do you go? You know, what do you look for? What What brands are you using? And so I'm like, okay, but connect those two dots. One is... You know, I want to share because I'm I'm proud to share that. I want to support the companies and brands and um, services that I believe are doing good in the world. You know, this is a movement. It's not a book. It's like I look at it like, you know, I, I 
helped drive the eco-fashion movement. This is kind of my next chapter, literally. But I also, you know, I, I really believe that the book has the power to be something that can be shared where I don't have to be there. And so going back to the people who say, how do I get people on board? Just give them the book. And the truth is, is I believe there's something in the book somewhere, whether it's in the art chapter, food, wellness, beauty, fashion, or business, in one of those areas of culture, something's going to resonate. And there's your seed. Because once the seed of consciousness gets planted, then it inevitably will start to grow. Because once you feel good about something, you want to feel good about something else. And now anyone who's listening is like, so what is the book about? (laughs) (laughs) So quickly, what is the book about? So it's called Eco-Renaissance, Co-Creating a Stylish, Sexy, and Sustainable World. And the book is really, it's a lifestyle guide that uh, takes people partially through kind of my journey over the last almost 30 years, um, but then ultimately provides tons of resources and tips and guidance and ideas. And um, I have a mantra or a manifesto, an eco-renaissance manifesto. I have at the end of each chapter, I have the DNA of the eco-renaissance as it relates to food or beauty or fashion or whatever the chapter is about. And what ties all the chapters together and all the popular culture sectors together that defines the eco-renaissance is creativity, consciousness, community, collaboration, and connection. And those are like the DNA, the pillars of, of the movement. And so the ultimate premise of the book is through the lens of design, we can change the world. I love it. I cannot wait to read it. <laughs> it's exciting because it's um it's very obvious to me, you know, the it it just makes sense, mm-hmm. right? It's like why are we subscribing to products or brands or business models that don't serve us, you know, that are destroying us, that are harming us, that are harming our planet, that are um, destructive, that are polluting, that are exploiting. Like why would we want to be a part of that kind of system? So, you know, we need to though start with um, the, the founder of Aveda, uh, Horst Reckelbacher, was actually my mentor for 25 years. And he wrote the foreword to the book right before he passed away. But one thing he taught me was you have to appeal to people first and foremost at that visceral level and then take them down the rabbit hole, then teach them to kind of pull the layers of the onion off. But start with great design and with food that's taste and with beauty products that's scent and functionality and with fashion it's style. But it all has to be about no compromise. And also that you were very much about meditating and finding your inner peace. Why do you think it's important to turn inwards in order to like come together collectively? It's kind of like going to the gas station and fueling up. To me, it's, you know, it's you have to reboot. Um, and to me, all of the practices in my life, whether it's, you know, meditating and in the morning, I, I when I'm in New York, which is where I live, I start every single day with a steam with a jacuzzi, swimming a few laps, sitting down and just, you know, reading the morning news and having a green juice. And by eight o'clock, I'm like revving up the engine and I'm like off I run, you know, Mm -hmm. but like that morning 90 minutes or so that I spend is invaluable to me. It gives me that sort of, okay, here I go. And I'm just back kind of rebooting really. Yeah. And I've had honor to be your first morning meeting. So I yeah. know how <laughs> she comes down and she's energized. She's like, okay, what are we talking about? <laughs> Love it. It's so fab. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. There must have been times through this whole journey where you felt like I'm giving up. 
Okay, so I, w- I wouldn't say I've said I'm giving up because that's not my nature. And I really believe challenges are our greatest opportunities. So, you know, I actually, on the contrary, would say to people in my world, in my companies, like, don't ever get stuck in the muck. You know, when you hit a wall, don't look at that as an obstacle or something that is unsurmountable. Look at it as, okay, good. Now I have to think differently. Now I have to think out of the box. Now I have to figure out how to get better and stronger, right? And, you know, all those cliches exist for a reason. One door closes, another one opens, you know. What doesn't kill you makes you smarter and stronger. So it's about looking at a, at a, a challenge as an opportunity to, to grow. And that's when we do grow, is when we hit challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, when, it, when things get too easy, we get complacent, we kind of stagnate. Um, but I actually thrive on pivoting. And, and figuring out things. I mean, that's why I'm an entrepreneur, I guess, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Everyone's and listen, I've been, and I've been doing this for so long and I, you know, my day-to-day existence oftentimes, and my husband is also an entrepreneur, we kind of joke about this, is somewhat of a yo-yo. Like we go from hitting these crazy, you know, okay, how are we going to navigate this? to, whoa, that was incredible news and we're jumping up and down. And it's like a day-to-day um sort of schizophrenia around the excitement of positive news and the challenges that you just have to like take a deep breath and keep going and figure them out. I mean, they're not easy, of course. It's never easy to hit a wall, right? But I think that the, some of the greatest companies in the world were started by people who failed, if you want to call it failing, you know, who's hit walls and, and had to change course completely. Mm. But look how it happened in the end. So I'm a big believer that everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. I believe that too. Yeah. I'm with you, sister. And also, I think it's important to understand, because you've been in the game for so long, and you say still every day it's like a yo-yo. It's just up and down. (laughs) There will never be a time when everything's just like, okay, now we're perfect. We hit, you know, Mm, we reached that top. Exactly. Yeah, life doesn't work. It's going to be a challenge. So I think, (laughs) how can you find harmony and joy in the challenge? I think it's picking the right challenge, something that aligns with you. Probably, it, it's but. also perspective. It really is perspective, mm. you know, and, and my son called me from uh, Europe this morning and he was challenged by something and I said, great, this is so exciting because think of, think of it this way. First of all, our greatest lesson in life is surrender. You can't control anything. If you think that you've got a straight line vision to where you want to go, it, you're kidding yourself mm-hmm. because as somebody who's been on this course, like you... You have to embrace out of the gate that you're going to have lots and lots of twists and turns along the way. And that's part of the fun. That's part of the dance. That's part of the journey. So it really, you know, it's about perspective, right? It's not about like looking at it like somehow it's hindering your ability to to flow. You look at it as, okay, how do I flow better? How do I flow brighter? How do I flow smarter? And, and, And that really comes from evaluating and knowing what you don't want just as much as knowing what you do want. Mm. So until you really, it's like Buddhist philosophy, right? You can't know joy without pain. In the universe, everything is yin and yang. Everything is the dark and the light force. And so you have to learn to navigate out of the extremes and into a place of balance, just as like the yin and yang symbol would say is, you know, those are antagonistic forces, but they're very complementary. You have to learn how to coexist within them. And I think even today, we're living in kind of a modern day dark ages, which is why I named the book Eco Renaissance, because it's kind of mirroring the original Renaissance where we were coming out of the dark ages then, our awakening that it's kind of like there's a Star Wars going on and the dark and the light are at, at odds. Like people are like, what is going on? But it's forcing us to look at ourselves mm-hmm. and it's forcing us to, 
you know, reflect and to say, like, what do I really want? What do I believe in? Where do I want to see the world go? You know, how can I be a part of that change? I usually say compassion hurts because Mm. if you allow yourself to feel and to really see, like, what gives me pain, you kind of have to go there in order to know, like, well, then how can I find joy and how can I work towards something to make this better? Mm. But if we close our eyes, like, I don't want to see it. Like, I don't want to know then we can't, like, if we can't go there, we can't go to the joyful part of life also. So I think, like you say, see the two extremes and the wars that's going on, and then how do we bring, like, balance and all of that? And that's how we keep going. Yeah, and we have to tune in, and that compassion that you feel is is that interconnectivity mm-hmm. to that other person energetically, right? So when you start to, um, my new favorite word is woke, right? Like, when you start to come to that place where you've woke, you kind of, like, go, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to see anybody sad or hurt or it's just, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And you, and it goes back to that karma. Like you wouldn't do, you don't, wouldn't want someone to treat you that way. So why is it okay for anybody to, to be battered and bruised and, and exploited and just the, just the things that go on in this world or, you know, they're part of, again, they're part of the human experience of us kind of reflecting and seeing like, the whole, all the facets of what humanity can be. And, and you see, we see a lot of real dark out there today, you know, what's, what's gone on. And it's kind of like surreal, like what, how's that happening? And then you see so much light and beauty and it's like, well, where do you choose to live? Where, you know, what do you want to surround yourself with in terms of, you know, the energies, the people, the, you know, the forces, the decisions, like you want to resonate in that light. So, um, you know, you can you can create the reality that you that you want to see, and and we can we we a collective consciousness shift will create a new reality. It already is. It's happening already. It already is. Yeah, it's a cool journey. It's amazing. So, what would you say? This is probably also the hardest question, but <laughs> something that you learned about yourself through this whole journey of all these years that you now like really proud of, but also that has strengthen you in a way that you're a new person um you know I think it really does go back to the my very deep philosophy around um trusting that everything happens the way it's supposed to I think this this sense of like you know wanting to control my own destiny and and thinking things are going to go a certain way and then realizing that that they didn't and it kind of forces you to like look at that and say like okay what happened and and how did I play a role in that and it's just some of my own personal greatest challenges professionally as well as in my personal life have really forced me to um, take a look at what I really want and who I want to be and so I think we all face that we're all human like there isn't probably a human being on the planet that doesn't experience, you know, sadness or fear or struggles, right? But it's how do you navigate them? So I think in the end, what I've really learned by changing my attitude or at least, you know, being tuned into that attitude, which is in really kind of the in touch with my gut because the gut is the lifeline to truth. Mm. And when I'm, when I'm listening from my gut and not my head, then I can always find that place, that happy place, the, which is why babies are so just fundamentally happy when they're born. I mean, they might be crying because that's just what babies do, but 
they're not sad. They, they learn through our, you know, a lot of the systems that are just broken to kind of have a lot of those um, qualities that of fear or, or, you know, depression or whatever it is. So I think for me, um, trust your gut because your gut is really where um, the answers all lie. And also people don't realize like, you know, we can live without our brains working, but we can't live without our hearts working. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could be on a life support, life support machine that keeps your brain alive. But as long as your heart is beating, you're, you're alive. But the minute your heart goes, you're, you're gone. And, and also the heart is the first organ to grow right in the body. So there's so much power in the heart. There's so much power in the soul and and we've only unleashed, you know, going back to where I think the future will be. I mean, we've only le- unleashed, you know, 3% of our DNA's me- reason for being and the rest we call junk DNA, but we all know that it's not junk. We just don't know what it is yet, right? So like as we start to learn about what our real potential is and who we really are, it's going to be a an exciting ride. Yeah. I'm like getting goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> like, spirit in the room is just like growing. <laughs> That's the name of the game, right? We just got to keep the ripple effect and, and, you know, keep throwing rocks, spiritual, yummy, delicious, conscious rocks in the water that just, you know, spread. Yeah. And listen, if anyone is feeling like, oh, there's so much to do in this world, like we're never going to get there. Marcy started when there was nothing happening. (laughs) She coined the word eco-fashion. She's seen it all come to life. So she, of anyone would be able to say we can do things mm-hmm. like we can move mountains if you just want it badly enough yeah I always say it's not if it's when and one of my philosophies in my businesses is is um never say you can't always say how can you mm-hmm. right because you know there's where there's a will there's a way you might not be the easy way and it might not be the most obvious way but where there's a will, there's a way. And that, that goes for, you know, relationships on all levels as well as business success. Just keep going and stay true to your who you are and be the change, wear the change, feel the change that you want to see. I love it. <laughs> Marcy, we could keep talking for hours. I know that you're tired. You just came in from L.A. <laughs> and we need to wrap this up. Uh, I want to finish off with my final three questions. But first... Please just say, how can people follow you on Instagram? How can they find your book? Um, whatever it might be that you want to promote. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Marcy Zaroff, which is M-A-R-C-I-Z-A-R-O-F-F. I also have a, a number of other Instagram handles, but on my Marcy Zaroff, you'll find them all. So my book and my businesses are all listed at the top. My website, same thing. My website is MarcyZaroff.com which has a link to not just my book, but also, of course, all my businesses. And Amazon carries my book, as does Barnes & Noble and many other bookstores. So um, easy to find by just searching Eco Renaissance, co-creating a stylish, sexy, and sustainable world. Woo! Yay! <laughs> all right, final three questions. Here we go. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> Always. <laughs> okay. So if you were to pick one person who picked up the phone and called and said, hey, Marcy... I read your book, you changed my life. Who would that person be? (laughs) Um, Donald Trump. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Now you got to explain yourself. You know, I I like the kind of nature of making it, like forcing everybody to think because this has been like obviously – and some of the channels that I follow, they said, you know, starting in the fall of 2016 – 
everything we know is going to change, right? It's going to be what we know life as will never be the same. And there that happened, right? Like mm-hmm. everything's getting shaken up. But the one part about what he's doing that really, I mean, a lot of things, but I just, I'm mind-blowing, I don't get it, is just the complete disconnect from environmental progress, human progress, social um, social progress. Like it's just, that's the part of the change that I said was, you know, what gets me excited and we and for for us as human beings to evolve and and become more conscious we need to be connected to all the things i share in my book so i'm hoping and going back to your question if he read the book and it actually struck a chord in him and it woke him <laughs> and he said wait what is going on and just put the brakes on and did a 360 on like what's happening in the EPA and some of these other things i would be very happy i feel like someone needs to put the book in his hands all right. I just started to get this Let's work like, on it. Maybe want to we'll... send him one. <laughs> we I'll try. Into his house, and be like hide it in a pillow, like read the book. Read All right, book. let me think about. How yeah, we can well, make that strategy. Happen. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a good one. Um, second question is: a lot of things have happened since you first started out in your journey. What hmm. would be the next big thing that you wish to see, like happening in the world in terms of futuristic, mind blowing, like world shift? Um, you know, I've, th- I've seen, um, like, health and wellness really start taking off, and now, you know, sustainability is kind of that next frontier that's really started to, to take root. Um, I would say regenerative slash love-driven. Those are, like, the two words that come to me because, like, we can't – it's no longer about sustaining even, you know? Like, you think of it in, like, if you're in a relationship and the relationship has been been devastated on a lot of levels like you don't just want to sustain it you need to like you need to rebuild it and you need to regenerate it and get it back to maybe that place where it has that you know longevity and so I think it's kind of you know all hands on deck right now across like everything that we've destroyed and depleted and you know broken down including our soil which is obviously one of the catalyst for this whole regenerative movement is that soil is probably our greatest solution to climate change and people are like what what how is that possible Mm. you say well you think of soil as the skin of the earth Mm. right just like our skin is the largest organ in our bodies and our primary organ for absorption well the soil is supposed to is meant nature has intended it with all its biodiversity and ecosystems to be a sponge to soak carbon out of the atmosphere but because of conventional agriculture and all the chemicals that we've used we've destroyed the soil broken down the ecosystems and completely killed all the biodiversity so soil is dead and it no longer captures carbon out of the atmosphere and this is all over the world so if we can create a regenerative farming movement movement which is essentially connected to the organic um, agricultural movement um there are a few little nuances there and start to wean ourselves off of you know gmos and and chemical agriculture um we can you know we can turn this around still so that's important and then love seeing more people talking about it and it's not so taboo like now we can talk about it in business and we can create tribes and look at the work environments even today they're all open work environments everything's open source everything's open you know, it's like it's very metaphoric for like, let's open our hearts, let's open our rooms, let's be transparent, let's feel, let's express ourselves. And yeah, I mean, definitely the younger generations, like social media, you know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, but then they don't talk anymore. But I think it has its own beauty and, and like life force. makes pe- It actually makes people feel safer to communicate and say what they really want to yes. say. Communities coming together. Yeah. You can find like-minded people 
from all over the world. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. Oh, yeah, I feel like there's been a big movement about the oceans and the plastic, and I think soil might be the next thing that people start getting awareness to. So, that's And the oceans is still really just starting, too. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, given that I also, in addition to my fashion work, I live in the world of um, plant-based seafood, right? So in that world, I am creating a lot of the education around why it's not what people think when they eat fish, you know, like take obviously the, you know, the obvious of, of animal welfare, right? That fish do feel and fish are very intelligent creatures. But then you add to that the fact that, you know, by 2048, there will be fishless oceans because of all the overfishing. And then you also add to that the fact that they'll also say there's more going to be more plastic in the oceans than fish soon. And add to that the microfiber pollution from the textile industry that people don't even know about yet, right? Like that, you know, every single piece of synthetic textile that's ever been created in the history of mankind has been shedding fibers into our water systems and ultimately that goes into our rivers and our oceans because it doesn't ever biodegrade. So all of those synthetic plastic fibers are going into our bodies when you, you know, and into the fish and this, and we're destroying our ocean ecosystems, which um, if that happens, then mm. we go too. I feel like this whole thing of out of sight, out of mind mm. mentality we need to like to strip that part because mm -hmm. we can't just throw it away. It's going to be still on our planet. Like it's here to stay. And like you said, it comes back to us in our food and in our energy. And, you know, it's killing the oceans and um, algae. The algae. algae. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and algae is one of the biggest producers of oxygen too. Yes. Right? And, so and, and also the source of the omegas that fish get where I, why people think fish is ho so healthy to eat because the omega oils, we actually, in our Good Catch brand that's coming out in December, we actually um, use algae oil to get the omegas because um, that's where fish are getting them anyway. But now you're not harming fish and you're not eating mercury or microfibers or plastic pollution. So there's just so many issues that we need to address and we haven't even scratched the surface. But if you're not a part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Amen. Love it. Okay, so my final question. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self and tell her one thing, what would that be? Enjoy the ride. <laughs> like, you know, don't uh, – it's, it's really not about the destination. It's about the journey. Think positive. Surround yourself with energy that you want to – be a part of, you know, denial is a, an interesting concept, right? Because I think we all have our areas in our lives where we go into denial or we don't want to see something, but I don't regret anything in my life. I look back and I feel very grateful. And I guess that would actually lead me to say that probably if I could give one piece of advice, it would be to wake up every day grateful because gratitude is the key that unlocks flow and if you and is also the lever for perspective so if you're grateful and you find the good in things and you appreciate then you can't be in a state of negative energy because it doesn't exist within grateful thank you again for tuning in today i'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. Alright, until next time, have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there 
and embrace some change. <laughs>